So the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops recently released a sobering report about vandalism at Catholic churches in the United States and among her institutions. That is, since May 2020, there have been at least 172 incidents of significant vandalism across 38 states and the District of Columbia, the most recent events connected to the Supreme Court decision that nullified Roe versus Wade protests about that. Well, so be it. Actually, that doesn't include the damage at the Minnesota Catholic Cemetery over All Souls Day this past week that were decried by their new bishop, Bishop Robert Barron. There's been arson, beheading, and a smashing of statues. It also includes defacing gravestones that are painted with swastikas and anti-Catholic language. One wonders how long it will be before these largely unprosecuted crimes will turn violent toward human beings. This isn't really new. I remember my mother reading us stories about martyrs around All Saints Day when we were children and wondering how anyone could have the courage to die for his or her faith. But our Judeo-Christian history includes many stories of martyrs, including those in the haunting first reading today taken from the book of Maccabees. The reading begins, it happened that seven brothers with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. What is the background to this reading? Well, Maccabees chronicles a time in Israel's history when they were conquered by the Greeks, and like many conquerors throughout history, even in our more recent years in the communist era, the Greeks wanted to erase the culture they conquered by putting their own gods in their temples and forcing the people under penalty of death to assimilate into their culture. In this instance, forcing the Jewish people to renounce their faith and practice, practices such as abstaining from pork. And so the issue here was more than just about pork. It was about religious freedom and holding a line lest the Jewish people fall down a slippery slope and away from God by assimilating into a different culture. Our first reading depicts the martyrdom of these brothers one by one and worse yet in front of their mother. These men would rather die a cruel death at the hands of an earthly king than renounce their faith in the God of Israel. Interestingly, their witness inspired the Maccabean uprising that eventually liberated Israel. And after their victory, the Jewish people carefully cleansed the temple of foreign influences and rededicated it, just like many Catholic communities have to do today. The Jewish feast day of Hanukkah is a remembrance of this time. There are many reasons why this reading is so jarring, as much as we would like to regulate the king's cruelty in the history, uh, in the story to history, as if this kind of thing doesn't happen today, we know this kind of thing still happens today and globally happens pretty often. There are still places in the world where Christians, for example, are dragged out of their homes every day, places where uh, converting to Christianity is a capital crime punishable by imprisonment or death. Christians even face violence during Mass, like the tragic bombing last June in a Nigerian Catholic church 
that took over 50 worshipers, many of them children. And so, we know that martyrdom for the faith still happens today. The witness of the martyrs moves me, at least, to ask questions like, what do we really think is the most important thing in life? And what is our faith made of? It's good to be reminded at times that the Catholic Church is built on the witnesses of martyrs. The word martyr comes from a Greek word that literally means witness. And so what are the martyrs giving witness to? Well, they're giving witness to something more important than life itself. How is that possible? Theologians make the compelling argument that what all dictators and tyrants have in common is that they force people to do their will by either threatening or forcibly taking away earthly comforts one at a time, up to even life and limb. That is how tyrants operate. What are the thousands of martyrs from Jewish times and Roman times and modern times have in common? They value a right relationship with God as being more important than anything this life has to offer. I mean, think about that. Because of this, nothing in this world has power over them because they value God over anything a tyrant can give or take away. And because of this, they are truly free in a way that most people are not. That's what I see in many of our current seminarians. They come to mind as this is the National Awareness Week for vocations. We certainly need more vocations and seminarians and religious sisters, but many of the ones who, who are in seminary formation now are much freer than their peers. They embrace the countercultural witness of Catholicism as witnesses to the faith and reject the small g gods that are present in our world. The Sadducees in our gospel reading were the temple priests in Jesus' day, and they had a lot of power over the people. They were different from the Pharisees in that Sadducees only believed in the book of, of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, to be authentic divine teaching. As such, they didn't believe in resurrection, and they liked to make fun of people who did, as we see in our gospel today with this crazy story about seven brothers who marry the same woman, and who will she be, whose wife will she be at the end of time? I say it would be dangerous to marry this woman. Since the Sadducees oversaw the temple, a preacher like Jesus who challenged their belief system was seen as a threat. Jesus, however, is the Son of God, and he knows God's eternal vocation for each of us. And he came from heaven. He's going back to heaven, and he wants to bring us with him someday. And because Jesus knows the Father's heavenly will, the Sadducees have no power over him. He's free, even in the face of persecution and eventual death. He's free. And we can be free like this too if we truly allow ourselves to belong completely to Jesus as his disciples. We all know that's not as easy as it sounds. I think the invitation this weekend is for us to consider what is the most important thing in my life. Is it God or is it something or someone else? If it's something else, we're a lot less free than we think. The scriptures 
are also asking us to consider what is causing the greatest amount of anxiety or fear in our lives right now. What worries us the most? Is it something that's going on in our family or work right now? Is it something going on in our country or in our world right now? Perhaps it's the upcoming elections this week. Once we answer that question, we can take a lesson or two from the martyrs and put our unconditional trust in the Lord, come what may. We are called to value our relationship with God more than whatever the world can give us or can take away from us. My brothers and sisters, once we learn how to do this through prayer, through fasting, and with unity with the body of Christ, no tyrant or fear or worry can, ta- can it ever enslave us, claim power over us, or cause us undue anxiety. If we follow St. Paul's advice in our second reading today and let the Lord direct our hearts to the love of God and to the endurance of Christ, everything will go as God wills it. And we will truly know freedom, perhaps even for the very first time, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.